There's a lot of self-gratification. On TV, banks are pushing for visa cards. It's instant gratification. This is such a false thing. This is why so many people are in debt. They're living beyond their means because they want to gratify. A child needs to actually hope for something in the future. We're chatting with Jenny Bishop from chat2jenny.com. Jenny Bishop is a life coach. She is a co-author with Pat Masidi in the book, The Power of Transformation. And Jenny is going to be talking to us today about how you can move through these problems in your life, whether they are spiritual, whether they're illness, whether they are personal problems. Jenny has many answers and many insights. So Jenny, glad to be talking to you. I got you talking to you too. <laughs> it's lovely to be here. Yes, and it's yep. lovely to have you. And so what would you say makes you stand out? What's your uniqueness? What are you working on these days? Uh, what I've been moved into since the mandates with COVID, I've actually lost my job. The Lord has led me into coaching parents, how to parent, and different techniques I can use to actually mold and develop their children in their their personal fields and lots of techniques I've got. And uh, with 46 years experience as a teacher, raising my own five children and now eight, almost nine grandchildren, we have lots of experience <laughs> with parenting and grandparenting and different methods that we can use and techniques to actually encourage a child to grow up in the way they should go. So what? that's where I'm led to now. <laughs> that's interesting. And that's a, an important topic because... We all have baggage, right? And we all think back to our past, our childhood, and, we, and then we think, I really didn't like how I was treated that way, or I didn't really like that experience. And I have an almost three-year-old at the moment, and I'm it's my one and only kid, and we're learning all these things, such yeah. as to be encouraging and to apply praise if he does something right, but also yeah. set these boundaries and don't respond to the whining or the crying and try to have a routine and try to observe and go with him. And there's so much to navigate. And so when you come to these kids, you come to these parents, where are they stuck? Where do they, what problems do they have that they know about? And even the ones they don't know about. I think a lot of parents these days haven't really had a lot of parenting as they're, because of the culture that we're living in these days. And they don't know routines. They don't know boundaries, how to discipline children. I did a survey on Facebook and I found a lot of parents having trouble with screen time, with their children spending so much time. They don't know what alternatives they could give their children outside time, board games, different things that they can do to actually encourage their child away and getting them developed physically and emotionally. And I'm finding a lot of children these days are just so much on tech technology, they don't even know how to relate to other children or relate to peers or the things that I grew up on aren't taught anymore. Even in schools, I can encourage and help parents in ways to navigate the new culture that we're growing up into. Yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine how parents can fall into that because I've been, and it seems like a constant struggle. And I'm sure as the years continue, it will be even more of a fight against screen time because sometimes yeah. out in public, you see this, right? The, the kid has some kind of a, a tablet or a toy phone and you can right. definitely, yeah, and you can see the temptation, right? You can see how a parent's logic yeah. is, if I keep my kid busy with this, then they'll calm down and they'll become more passive, but it's like yeah. you're giving them a drug in a way, right? You're getting their brain like hooked on this. And, and then when it comes time to take that away from them or focus on other skills, I can see how 
you're kind of break the chains of addiction in that way. And there is addiction. That is the word. I call it addiction. And children need certain things in life. They need love. They need praise. They need encouragement, but they need alternatives too, to actually develop. And uh, I'm finding that even with my six-year-old grandson, it's fantastic. He knows when he comes to Nana's, he has some downtime. He has tea very early. We feed them early when they, we bring them home from school. But then he goes and explores. We have craft. We have different t- toys, which I pick up on Facebook marketplace and things. And he just explores and uh, has to have his downtime because he is a little bit introverted. But in that downtime, he can find different things other than TV. And we restrict their TV to maybe with his parent along to about two hours a day. But I'm finding a lot of children, they're up till 11 o'clock at night. I even asked a child a couple of years back, he was very drowsy in school and wasn't concentrating a lot. And I said, oh, what TV did you, what program did you watch on TV? And when he told me, I knew it was on at about 11 o'clock at night. So he was so much into TV and he couldn't get up the next day. They were always late for school and he was falling back academically as well. I can give some pointers on how to actually discipline your child and you have to actually be the parent. And I'm finding a lot of people these days want to be a child's friend rather than being a parent. And they don't discipline because they want to be buddy, buddy, but you are the parent. God gave you this role as a parent. You have to actually discipline the child to let them know you are the boss and you're doing this for their own good. And this is some things I can actually coach a person in. And it tried to encourage them in the way that I was brought up. Yeah. yeah. So, so there, there are things to, to unlearn and then new things to yeah. learn. And then, so when you say this keyword discipline means yeah. different things to different people. So what does discipline mean to you as far as when is it appropriate and how is it expressed? There's different kinds of discipline. There's the parental discipline. There are different things we can show a parent and how to discipline the time limit even routines of the night with bedtime and what she can do at bedtime, story reading, prayers, reading a book with a child, which actually develops a child's brain. And it actually shows the child that they, that they have someone that loves them, that wants to spend time with them. And then we go into, in some of my modules that I'm doing on my course, I'm teaching how to teach a child to discipline themselves as well, because it doesn't all come from the parents. It has to actually revert onto the child. And we're teaching different things like budgeting, tithing, ways a child can actually think of others rather than themselves. Because I'm finding in this day and age, a lot of children are so self-focused, they're not thinking about others. So we can train parents to train their children to think of others first. And it's a biblical principle to think of God first. So even if you haven't got a religion, as I say, you can actually train a child to put the first 10% aside to someone that might be in need or a person less fortunate than yourself. Then the next part of their pocket money might be for saving and they could save for something big or something small. And the last part of their pocket money can go for spending because a child has to know, oh, do I have to always save? And they get very frustrated, but there's a certain part of their pocket money they can spend straight away or put it into savings, but they have that kind of decision that they can make for themselves. And different moral things, they have to discipline themselves as well. And different situations, when they're put in a different situation, how to act in this certain situation. If they go to a formal occasion, you sit there quietly and these are things you can do while you're sitting. All different things that we can teach parents to discipline the child and for the child to discipline themselves, which will help them 
grow up a lot more adapt to different kinds of situations. It's going to be thrown into with uh, life situations and it's going to be hard, I think, in the future for a lot of children that I'm seeing now. Yeah, and life is hard enough without... Oh. Without this preparation, and there's yeah. always going to be some kind of unpredictable, awkward event you yeah. might have to attend. So why not try some of these things out? And so you've mentioned some sort of like fun different activities like budgeting and setting aside this different yeah. pocket money. And you're making me think back to like when I was a little kid, how much fun it was to like play around with coins and make change or play Monopoly and have different size bills. And they had all the bright different colors and it was just a lot of fun to just to do those things. And I imagine that if these habits are not put in early, then that ends up with an adult who doesn't like math, doesn't like numbers, and maybe has low confidence because they don't realize that there are a set of like foundational adulting skills like budgeting or paying your taxes that just even if you don't are like a mathematician, you still need some of these basic adulting skills where they're not taught in schools and there's no instruction manual. So maybe it's up to the parents to say, here's these basics that we need to give That's you early and make it fun. And I'm finding these days too, there's a lot of self-gratification on TV. A lot of banks are pushing for visa cards and get this. It's instant gratification. And I think this is such a false thing. And this is why so many people are in debt. And this is because they're living beyond their means because they want to gratify. But if a parent understands that uh, a child needs to actually hope for something in the future, they actually appreciate it much more because they've saved for it. But with the instant gratification, with the visa, oh, I can go out and get that. Now I can get a new lounge, a new car, whatever. And then you have years and years of a payment at 22% or whatever. They might give you like 5% for a couple of years and then it goes up astronomically. So to teach a parent, to teach the child, no, we live within our means, we budget and we can spend, but we, ha we have to actually save for that so we can buy it in the future. And they'll appreciate it so much more and take care of it. It won't be just bought one minute and thrown away the next because they're actually appreciating what they've bought. So I'm teaching in my modules some of these things that we can encourage because habits take 30 days to establish, but 60 days to imprint on a child. If we carry out some of these techniques that I'm going to teach parents, they will eventually see a change. It won't be instant and it has to be constant. You have to be very consistent with what you're teaching a child. And you have to actually be in agreement. if you have a partner, if you have a married partner, then you have to be actually walking in the same direction and not pulling the child apart with two different kinds of directions. They have to know that there's stability with their parents. So I will actually teach parents to, you have to be the lead example for your child because they're watching and they are so attuned to, to phoniness. And the, if mum and dad don't do, why should I? <laughs> so different things I can teach in my modules. And I'm sure a lot of people will benefit. Seeing as 46 years teaching, I've seen a lot of parents. I've helped a lot of parents in my years of teaching. And a lot of people have been very appreciative of that. And I can help a lot more people, I'm sure, through this program. <laughs> and what a concept, right, of being a good example and not just not just being rude or giving orders or not just saying one thing and doing another, but actually actually showing your child, like here are some 
principles that were, here are some habits that we'll yes. put into place, such as the delayed gratification and being responsible with money and giving to doing your tithing, uh, giving to charity, doing these things that feel good and also mm -hmm. help others and also help yourself and just pay off in a lot of ways. And you're uncovering some psychological things in me because about the past couple of years, I've noticed that probably every morning I've become like angry thinking about all the ways that could go wrong teaching my child. And I think that the reason it's come up is because it makes me think back to all the different kind of maybe shady or just bad behaviors that my parents put across. And then it rubbed off on me and it took so many years to unlearn that. I'm still not perfect, but it just, I cringe thinking back to like maybe the teenage years when I did some unethical things and maybe lied and just wasn't really as good of a person as I could have been because I remember thinking, why should I be when it seems like everyone else around me cheats and is shady in their own way? And it makes a lot of sense to not just say these things, but also be have a good example and stick with it. Because as you said, there's the 30 days and 60 days in the habit. And there's also these two layers to it, right? Because you need to yourself apply this and then also teach it to your child. So there's double the work that needs to go into that. And so where do these parents fall short? Where are the difficulties? It's easy enough to say limit screen time and have a routine, have a habit and to budget, but easier said than done sometimes. So where are the sticking points? Where do people go in with the best of intentions, but still mess up and how do they fix it? I think a lot of parents say they don't know how to actually stay even toned with their voice. They get angry very, they get frustrated very easily and they give up. I think things just get beyond them at some certain points and they go, well, if I'm not going to beat them, I may as well join them. And it's that frustration level that they've reached and I don't know who can help me. And there aren't that many people that will help, but I've seen these, the ways you can actually curb it, even like little routines, like coming home from school and having a set place, have the child unpack their bags. And I've learned a lot of this stuff through mistakes of my own. The children used to leave things in the bag for months and months. All of a sudden, there's stuff leaking out of the bottom of their bags. <laughs> so the different techniques I've developed over mistakes of my own. And parents, these things are, they are, they can be gotten over. The, like emptying, getting the child to empty the bag, bringing the lunch out, making the lunch be the night before, putting, putting your, uh, uh, clothes out for the child the night before all takes down on the frustration level in the morning because the child's running around. And so I had read one example with my child when she was five years old and I used to set time limits because we had to drive 20 minutes to school and all five children had to be in the car by 20 past eight. And this particular morning I'm counting down 10, nine, eight, and it got down to one and she is still, she hasn't got her shoes for sports day. I said, we are leaving now. I am not stopping. We are running late. We have to go now. So she said, I found them. I found them. And she grabbed them, ran into the Tarago, got in. We got up the street and she screamed. I said, oh, what's wrong? She said, I got shoes. And I said, well, we are running late. Sorry, you will have to leave it for the day. And the teacher was in hysterics because we're best buddies, the kinder teacher and I. And the kinder teacher said, all day she's hiding one foot. And then she's standing and like she's hiding the other foot and then hiding the other foot that she wouldn't see. She had two mismatched white sand shoes and it was so funny, but she'd learned her lesson. 
that was it because it was hard luck. We had to give hard luck. We were running on a timely. We had a routine and we weren't going to be late to school because she was dawdling. She had to learn the hard way. And I have to teach parents too. Sometimes you do have to be a little bit um, stern and a bit harsh for a child to learn a lesson, but they will learn. She never was late ever again in her life and a stickler to time, which is fantastic. So a hard lesson learned. I can teach parents lots of techniques for, uh, for learning and for training their child the way they should go. And, and especially you said earlier on that your child is not your friend, right? You're, you're their guardian, you're the person there to establish the rules and to set them out for success. And also, but there's also that aspect of not taking yourself too seriously when things inevitably do go wrong, but also if you do make mistakes or you do panic or you are stressed or you say, I'm always late, then improve a little bit next time. So that way you won't happen. And you're reminding me again of, of things that didn't really click with me. And so probably early adulthood, maybe like early twenties, where I, when I was first living on my own, I kept getting locked out of my apartment and it just, it, hap- it didn't happen every day, but like every couple of weeks, I'd have to go to the landlord and get back in. So then it, I, it turned into whenever I was leaving and closing the door, I made sure to have my hand in my pocket, feeling my keys as the door clicked. And then it, that's lasted for decades. And now I always, whenever I'm going outside any kind of door, even if it's not a door that locks anymore, I just make sure, okay, my hand is physically touching as I'm closing the door. And even things like I used to always stress or be late about homework until, again, didn't learn this until college, but went between finishing school and going home, I'd do as much of my homework as I could, like at the library, at school, before going home. And so that just reminds me of some of the things you're mentioning there, like putting your bag down in the same place and unpacking it or making your bed in the morning, all these things to set yourself up for success. And so you're giving us a lot of sort of the minutia, the tips, the advice to think about. But then I can imagine that someone says little tidbits are great, but I I need to have a step-by-step guide, right? I need to have a starting point and then logically move along in bite-sized pieces. That way I can have consistent progress, but I don't get overwhelmed. You mentioned that you have this course and I can see how that would help to give someone a start to finish. So can you explain what this course is about and what someone will find in it? The course has eight modules and they are step-by-step things that you can do with different areas like routines, boundaries, Love languages of children. A lot of people don't understand that there are five love languages that your child has and how you can feed into that, how you can self-discipline, you can get the child to self-discipline, have morals, tell them stories and tell them about life situations. And I have step-by-step modules. And at the end of each module, they only go for about 15 minutes a module. And then I have some homework. And then if you get this set of modules from me, Week by week, I'm going to have a private Facebook chat room where we can chat about the problem. So if you're not just given a set of instructions and left high and dry, I will help you week by week. I will have some Zoom sessions that I will have with you personally and three months of email contact with me. So any problems you're having, and I will look on that daily to see how I can answer your problems or if we have to have a chat on the phone or whatever to help a person's trip because it will not be a fast process. It has to be consistent and it has to go on after you've finished all the modules and it has to keep going and going. Spoken like a true teacher. And you're making me remember how 
again, it didn't click until many years later that there's book learning and that's one way to attack a problem, but you also need an instruction, like an instructor. You also need assignments and you need to then get your assignments corrected. And it requires all those different ingredients to yeah. not just learn a few facts, but to actually achieve success and also make it last. And so I can see how the teacher gene is in you, where you say, also, I'll get on the phone with you if you get stuck and I'll have these assignments, et cetera. And so if someone says, this sounds great, being able to avoid maybe the mistakes that were put on me and be the best parent I can be and have a fulfilling and happy family life. So where should someone go to join this course? I'm still setting it up. It is almost complete, but it will be on my website, jennyabishop.com. And that will be soon. I'd say in the next couple of months, it's taking a long while to get the modules up and running, but yeah, it will be very soon. Jennyabishop.com. And that, that will give you all the information and it should be a fantastic course. I must say. Well, fantastic. No, I'm biased. <laughs> good bias, but that's good. It's good to have confidence in yes. what you create. And so that website is J-E-N-Y-A-B-I-S-H-O-P.com, Jenny A Bishop.com. And does it have a name yet? When someone goes there, they know that Parenting. it's worth it. Parenting 101. It's Parenting cool. 101. Fantastic. And so in all of your years of parenting and raising your five kids and all these grandchildren and your teaching years, is there anything that has surprised you about kids or about the lessons you've taught them? What has been surprising for you? Surprising. That's a very good question. <laughs> I think that we can make mistakes and it's okay. And look, as with children, they're always being clumsy or whatever. You do not get upset over clumsiness. And I see a lot of parents, they get upset over the tiniest thing. You choose your battles. And that's what I'm finding. When I did teacher training, they said, you only lose your temper, temper twice a year. And so I always remember that. And that's what I will encourage parents. Don't lose your temper consistently. The child will just come, they will just cut you off and not listen to you anymore. You have to choose your battles. And, and remember a story when I was school full-time teaching. And I had laryngitis and like a fool, I went to school to teach and the children and they, they push your button, whatever. And they knew I never had a voice. I had nothing, not a bit. So I put up a big word on the board, said silence. And every time they were getting a bit noisy, I just banged the board with my big one meter rule and they stayed silent for maybe five seconds. And then it just got beyond a joke and they weren't listening. They were just laughing. And so I went into the storeroom at the time. And there was a gigantic pile of newspaper, which we used for art. And I picked it up and I brought it out and I slammed it on the floor and it made, it was like a bomb going off and it freaked the kids out. And I had this turnest look on my face and I put the drawer on the board, silence. They were silent the rest of the day. It was amazing. So I only, and they never saw Mrs. Bishop lose her temper. But this day I was very serious about, oh, I am sick. And you will behave. And they did. <laughs> it surprises me, but children can be trained. They can. And every year I saw, even when I very first was teaching, they, they put you on probation, of course, and they came and I was a primary trained teacher, but I was teaching an infant's class. It was a year two and the principal came in to assess me and she looked at the children's books and look at what they were doing. She said, you've got them learning a bit above their level, a lot above their level. And I went, oh, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. 
And she went, oh, yes, we are. We are. And so, what I will find, if you set the limits high enough, a child will reach them. It's just what your expectations are. So that's what surprises me or it doesn't surprise me that you can set the limits quite high for a child and they will achieve it without too much pressure. Don't pressure them. And I've learned so many stories about parents that pressure their children too much. And I won't tell you the end outcome of some of them because it's very sad, but they will. It's something to be self-aware of is what I'm getting. And self-awareness in all those areas, right? Like setting stretch goals, but also not applying too much pressure with unrealistic expectations. And also just having your own self-awareness about your own emotional control and your own habits. Because as you said, if you're the kind of person that always gets set off, then the kids will enjoy pushing your buttons. And it's like, they'll be role reversing on you because they'll be the ones in control. So it's far better to keep that under pressure and to learn better habits and not just freak out all the time. If you have to, twice a year or even less. And if for no other reason, then if you get outraged or you get angry, then the message will not be received. So that's a very good lesson. And you said, pick your battles and do your best and I'll always be improving in that area. So if you out there in podcast land says, this has been helpful advice, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. And I want to run, not walk and join Jenny's course, Parenting 101. The place to go is JennyABishop.com. And thank you very much, Jenny, for showing up and for giving us some of this advice. Do you have any final like couple of sentences you feel like we did we leave anything out or are we all good look uh, as in my book i had to give all praise to jesus because following him he's just changed you wouldn't believe i used to be such a quick-tempered fiery teenager but he's just changed my life and given me all these disciplines the ways and techniques he's led me to reading different kinds of books and uh, the different kinds of courses that i've taken to actually mature me in this particular area. And I know it is an anointing for training children. So I can encourage anyone that, that you can be the same. You can be a wonderful parent, but you have to put some time in. You have to put the effort in. I encourage you, come and do the walk with me because I've been doing it for 67 years now. <laughs> and many more years to come. Jenny Bishop, JennyABishop.com. And then the book with Pat Masidi is The Power of Transformation. So thank you very much, Jenny, for being here, blowing our minds, giving us some great advice. Uh, thank you. Okay. Thanks very much.